Well, we're in a series part four uh, on From the Heart. We uh, are going to be focusing a lot on the heart this year, as I believe the Lord has kind of uh, directed us that 2012 is to be the year of the heart. Let's go ahead and dive right in in Proverbs 4, verse 23. I'm I'm going to be reading this from a translation called God's Word. And you say, well, I thought the Bible was God's Word. Well, it is, but this is a translation that's also called God's Word. In Proverbs 4.23, it says, Guard your heart more than anything else, because the source of your life flows from it. Notice that. And then in the New Living Translation, it says, Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. I, I, I want you to see that you're to guard your heart, but notice the emphasis here. You're to guard your heart more than anything else. You're to guard your heart above all else. We are to guard our hearts, but we are to guard our hearts also in a, in a fashion, in a manner, in a priority that this is so important. And I hope you're catching that emphasis from the scripture here. I've got to guard my heart more than anything else. It's kind of like this. If you, if you had a candy bar and you got like three bites left, how many of you know you want those three bites? Okay. But if you've got that candy bar and you've got a baby And suddenly you're going to need to use one of your hands to catch yourself. What are you going to drop? How many of you that was a moral dilemma for you? For you. Okay, where before you would have thought about this candy bar, you know, now there's something greater that needs to be guarded. Are you all with me? And so... There are many things to guard in our life, but above all else, more than anything else, we need to guard our hearts. Now, we've already mentioned this in previous weeks. If, in fact, we must guard our hearts, then your heart must be vulnerable. It must be vulnerable if if we're having to guard it in this way. And so we are to guard our heart, first of all, present tense, right now. And this afternoon and tonight and tomorrow and so forth, you're to guard your heart, be proactive, be preventative, be protective, be careful little ears what you hear, be careful little eyes what you see. Just be careful you're guarding your heart so that things don't get in and impact you in a negative way. But also if we're going to guard our hearts, we're going to have to take another view of that and we're going to have to look in order to guard our hearts, we're going to also going to have to deal with some issues of the past. Now, as we have uh, seen, and I know you, uh, I've drawn, drawn this out for you last couple of weeks, but let me just draw this again, pre-Valentine's. That if this is your heart, and remember that Jesus said that your heart is like soil. And what does the soil do? Anything that gets in it, the soil tries to make it do what? Okay, and we need to understand this. That's why you've got to be presently proactive, preventive, guarding your heart. Because as things will get into your heart, the best thing you can do is stop them from getting into your heart. But it's like I I used the illustration, I believe, two weeks ago. You're at the door of your house. The light has been left on. It's nighttime. There's all kinds of bugs and mosquitoes. You're going to try to, first of all, keep all of those things from getting in the house. Your chances of 100% success are, are not good. And so the same is true in life. We're going to try to keep these things out of our heart. But a few of those things are going to get in. 
And as they get in, then the best thing that you can do is to try to get them out as quick as they can. Replace those thoughts. Replace those words. Have you ever had, what do they call it, an uh, uh, ear bug? Not an actual bug, but a song or something that's stuck in your head? How do you get rid of that? Get another song. Okay? Get another song. Okay? If you're walking around all day, ah, freak out. Ding, 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 ding. You, you need a new song. Okay? Now, I've just put you all in peril because some of you are going to have that song. All right. Let me have the worship team come back. We need to... Okay. Well, you want to guard and, and keep those things out. But the things that do get in then, we want to get rid of those as quick as we can. And again, the heart is like soil. But the other issue we have is there are things that have been planted in our heart. They're in our past. And a lot of times we did not know to guard our heart or we weren't equipped to know how to do that or that was even important. No one modeled that for us, perhaps. Maybe you'd never even heard about guarding your heart. And here's the problem with that. These things happen to us. Words are said. You get exposed to something. Somebody did something. You wish somebody had done something, said something, whatever. It hurts you. You get disappointed. And all of these things, if they're left in here, what happens next? They grow roots. Blue roots. My grandma had blue roots. My wife just gave me that look. Go on. <laughs> and if you leave these things rooted, then guess what happens? Then they grow. These things grow up in our life and they affect us in a lot of ways. And so guarding our heart, there are things planted in our past that are affecting our life. They're affecting us. They're affecting others. And they're also affecting our future. And so we've got to deal with this. And the other thing is, it hinders us from the good things that are to be going on. The Bible connects so many things to our heart. We give as we purpose in our heart. We obey from the heart. We love and serve God with all of our heart. We forgive from the heart. We serve from the... I mean, it goes on and on and on. We lifted up our hands. Jesus, even at one point, he says, you know, you worship me in this way. He said, but your worship is a waste because you're doing all the right things, but your heart is far from me. He said, so you just wasted your time doing that. And, and what was the issue? It was the heart being connected. And what happens if we have wrong things that have planted in our heart, rooted in our heart, growing in our heart, then that soil of our heart is so crowded that it's going to affect us believing from the heart and serving from the heart and forgiving from the heart and so forth. It's, it's going to hinder those things from being fruitful in our life. And so what we're going to have to do is we're going to have to work on the soil of our hearts. Amen. Amen. Now, there are three ways to deal with the past, and we're going to kind of talk about the past here a little bit this morning. The first is denial. Denial. In that something happened to you, something was said to you, you were involved in something, exposed to something, whatever it would be. The first way that people deal with that is they deny it. And that is, uh, I'm all good, no big deal. I don't know what you're talking about, whatever, and, and just kind of push that away. The second way that people will deal with that is they cope with it. And that's like, you know, hey, it's life. It's my life. 
you know, it is what it is kind of thing. And they just kind of cope with that. People that are coping are better off than people that are not coping. But I find that people that are just coping with things, their joy and peace levels are about non-existent. So there's a third way, and it is to repair. And so we're going to have to not deny, not cope, but we're going to have to repair. We're going to have to reclaim this soil of our hearts and, and go in and work and deal with some things because I would guarantee that all of us, to some degree, have some things growing in our heart that were planted somewhere in the past. If that's you, just kind of bob your head or, or something. Okay, good deal. Now, last week... We looked at, and I'm just going to touch on this real quick here. Last, oh, didn't want to be green. Last week, we looked at the issue of sin. And the important thing is, is to get sin out of our life. Of course, avoid sin. But then once we do sin, we want to get that out of our life. And let me just make much of this real quick. Jesus said this. This was Jesus' message. Repent. Everybody say repent. And the thing about repenting is this. We've been given the wrong tone on that. And to repent means to turn and to return. So to turn and to return, to come back to God, to change the way that we think, to change the way that we're approaching things, uh, and to stop doing that. And, and the scripture is clear that this was Jesus' message. But I think it's been misportrayed by some. Where sometimes we see people, you know, the preacher with his eyes bugging and his neck, his veins bulging and he's, repent! Whoa. (laughs) And that's not the tone of Jesus. Listen to me. That was not the tone of Jesus. Jesus wasn't just saying, stop it. He wasn't just saying, cut it out. The scripture says this. Jesus says, repent for or because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So instead of saying, stop it, of course he wants you to stop it. But here was his attitude. Here was his tone. He said, I want, I don't want you to miss out. So him calling us to repentance is, this is the heart of it. I don't want you to miss out. Jesus did not come to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. It is the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. It's not God just bashing on us. Stop it, stop it, stop it. Instead, what he's saying is, I don't want you to miss it. Now, that does involve some stop it. But the attitude, the tone of that is completely different. And here's what happens. When we repent, what it does is it uproots sin out of our heart. It uproots it. It gets it out of our life. And again, very, very important. Well, today I want to move on. And I want to talk to you about another one from our past And we'll just call it today hurt, hurt. Everybody just say hurt. This is disappointments. This is loss. This is uh, unrealistic expectations on you. This is pain, damage. We could go on and on of ways that we all got hurt. Now, don't worry. Don't, we're not going to camp out on how we got hurt. Okay. But it's important to understand that probably all of us at some point have gotten hurt. Sometimes it's by events, but what we're going to talk about today is getting hurt by others. And when others hurt us, it's really basically one of three categories of why they hurt us. First of all, careless. How many of you have ever maybe hurt somebody or hurt their feelings or whatever because you were careless? You know, you walk in the room and you tell some big joke or something. You're, oh, sorry. You know, and we 
careless. The second way would would be uh, it's back here in my notes. The second second way here is selfish, selfish. Uh, that a person would be selfish, and that's going to cause somebody else to be hurt. And the third way is this: is that they're evil. They're evil. So first of all, you've been hurt. I've been hurt because somebody was careless. Secondly, you've been hurt. I've been hurt because somebody was selfish. Thirdly, you've been hurt. I've been hurt because somebody was evil. And in all three of those cases, and there are probably other scenarios there, but in all three of those, we've got to do something about it. We've got to realize that when we got hurt, if we did not get it out of the soil of our heart, what, what did that start to do? And this grows like crazy. And this involves other weeds, roots of bitterness. And it's a massive system of roots that will get into your heart when you allow hurt to stay in your heart. Well, I've been hurt so much then, I don't know if I'll ever get this out. No, we will get it out. You're able to get it out. God will help you to get it out. And the important thing is, is that we start to look at this and realize I've got to get this. This is not just your lot in life. This is not just the way you are. This is not, well, all that happened to me for a purpose. Yeah, to destroy you and to discourage you. And so what we want to do is get this out. And so we have to go back and deal with this some concerning our past and to get it out and to let it go. And this is more than just comfort. Some people that have been hurt, all the people around them know to do is just to comfort them. And of course we need some level of comfort, but beyond comfort, you know, we need some help. If you have a compound fracture, I need more than a Tylenol and a Band-Aid and, and somebody, you know, patting you or whatever. You know, we need, we need something to happen here to, to help us to Deal with this because that hurt left in the soil of your heart is going to, I mean, in no time, you're going to have roots going, affecting you in all kinds of ways. And again, it won't just affect you. Guess what? It's going to affect other people. How about this again? Hurt people, hurt people. And I don't want to be a hurt people and I don't want to hurt people. And so we're going to have to uproot this and we're going to look at how to do this here uh, today. One of the things you're going to have to do is forfeit your right for vengeance. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. You're going to need the the getting even part or whatever. We're going to need to leave that to God. A lot of y'all are looking down like I'm just taking notes right now. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, this is way easier to talk about than it is to do. But we've got to talk about it so we can end up doing it. But we must forfeit our right for vengeance. Now, when somebody does you wrong, and we touched on this a few weeks ago uh, on Wednesday nights in our real life series, we were talking about overcoming your upbringing. When somebody does you wrong, somebody hurts you, disappoints you, places unreal demands on you, whatever it would be, said the wrong thing, hurt your feelings, took from you, whatever it would be, something is now out of balance. And so in that relationship, so to speak, something is out of balance. And here's what we want. You ready? We want a transaction that puts this thing back into balance. We want somebody to apologize, to repay, restitution. I want to get you to hit you back. You know, we're wanting something to happen here. And because now 
you owe me. You with me? You owe me. And I, I just want to write that out real quick for some emphasis here. Somebody does something wrong to you, hurts you. You owe me. Go ahead and say it. You owe me. Now, here's the reality, though. In most instances, even if they wanted to, they couldn't pay you back. Some things are just gone. That opportunity was gone. That window of time was gone. That, that money is gone. That, your innocence is gone. What, whatever it would be, however horrible or, or not as horrible this situation that hurts you, uh, uh, even if they wanted to, a lot of times they're not going to be able to do something to, quote, bring the transaction back into balance. You know, some things truly are gone forever. And if you're just waiting for somebody to make it right, let's go back to our heart. Because you know what? You may have just cause to really be upset, to be hurt. And then you need to be careful who your friends are because, well, you've got a right to be mad. You've got a right to be hurt. Well, let me tell you a whole nother level, a whole nother truth. You better guard your heart though. And something happens to you. We probably would all agree. You know what? Whoa, I'd be mad too. Well, there's one thing about getting mad and one thing about getting hurt. And another thing about staying mad and staying hurt because we are guarding our what? We're guarding our hearts. And let me tell you something about the seeds of pain, the seeds of hurt, the seeds of disappointment. They grow fast, they grow deep, and they're built to last. And what they like to grow into is this pain plant and this grudge plant. And they're built to last for decades. How many of you know that some people have some stuff in their heart that is decades old? And so while we're waiting for somebody to make this right, I'm waiting for an apology. I'm waiting for some restitution. Listen, it's no longer about them. It's no longer about this transaction being balanced. This is about you and me, you and I guarding our hearts so that these things don't grow in us. You following me? It is said that you never get ahead as long as you're trying to get even. And while we're waiting, sitting there for payback, sitting, waiting for apology, uh, things get worse. And the Hebrews twelve fifteen says that this root of bitterness, it takes root in us and it springs up and it hurts us and it hurts other people. And that's why we have hurt people, hurt people. And this pain plant, if you will, guess what it does? It chokes the life out of you. I've met people, you have too. Maybe you're even here today. It's like life is not at all what it could be because you are root bound by hurt and pain and things that you just have not let go. And you've allowed those things to just grow in you and you've got to get it out of you. Now, here's the deal. And again, easier to talk about than it is to do. Remember that I wrote down, you owe me. Why do you owe me? You owe me because the transaction got out of balance. Something's out of balance. You took something, you hurt something, you broke something, you owe me. But if we're waiting, what's the most important thing we've got to guard? Our hearts. hearts. If we're waiting for them to make this right, if we're waiting for this transaction on their part, folks, listen to me, it's only going to get worse for you. So let's cause a transaction ourselves. Let me go back to the screen here real quick and fulfill this. You owe me nothing. And again, third time, easier to talk about than it is to do. 
But with the grace and the help of God, you can get to a place. And listen, they need not be present to win. They might not be alive. They may not be within range. It may not even be safe for you to be near them. You may not even know where they are. They may be sitting on the same row as you today. Living at the same address. But listen, here's the deal. A transaction needs to take place. And because more than anything else, I must guard my heart. And this is now out of balance. How am I going to balance it out? Here's what it is. You owe me nothing. Go ahead and practice saying it. You owe me nothing. And there's a lot of people in this world that owe you nothing. You need to get to the place where you can say to them out of your heart. And again, they don't have to be there. You know, there's people that hurt you in second grade. And maybe you had your heart broken second grade. You don't even know where these people are. There's all kinds of things that have happened and we can laugh about it. But some horrible things have happened to some people here. What am I going to do? Am I going to let all this grow in my heart, grow in my heart, grow in my heart and squeeze the life out of me and hurt the people around me? Or can I uproot this thing, reclaim the soil of my heart, get something good growing in there? The only way that's going to happen is some kind of transaction. And even if they tried on their end to make it right, they're not going to be able to fully satisfy it. So what you and I have to do is arrive at this place with the grace and help of God of saying, you owe me nothing. Will you practice it again? You owe me nothing. Now, on the cross, the Lord Jesus, in Luke 23, verse 34, he said this. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them. Can, can I rephrase that? Father, they owe me nothing. Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. And they divided his garments and cast lots. Now, let me just bookmark something and come and mention something. If you're in some kind of situation or relationship and somebody is in a pattern of doing you wrong and hurting you, this is a different story. If it's a pattern, don't let them tell you. Well, Pastor Tim said, I owe you nothing. And you say, no, you owe me that you're going to get some help. And if somebody's hurting you, if somebody continues in a pattern to injure you, injure your relationship, injure your worth, that pattern must be broken and you're not obligated to stay close up close on that. All right. I hope you're hearing me. That's a whole nother subject here, but I felt prompted to make a point of this. It's not, well, I, you got to forgive me. You got to forgive me. You got to forgive me again and again and again and again and again, because I, I owe you nothing. No, you need a head check like as in hockey, but, um, no, no, seriously, but somebody hurt you in the past. Somebody does something to you, you know, still for your heart, you Oh, me, nothing. And Jesus on the cross said, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. And do you realize, church, that's the most significant words that were ever spoken? And no one was even asking for forgiveness. And you say, yeah, but that was Jesus. Well, let me, let me show you another guy in Scripture. His name is Stephen. And in Acts chapter 7, 
Verse 59 and 60, it says, And they stoned Stephen as he was calling on God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he knelt down and cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not charge them with this sin. He modeled what Jesus did. Do not charge them with this sin. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. Now you've got to realize that Stephen was not doing wrong, but as he shared the truth about a risen Savior and the plan of God, these people, it so struck and smote their hearts. They were covering their ears. They said, we can't stand it anymore. And they began to stone him. History says that in that era, in that geographical location, that probably the average size stone would fit in your hand up to the size of about a grapefruit. How many of you would like just one of those thrown at you? Let alone people that were angry at you. People that got into the mob mentality. And they're all throwing these at you. And let me tell you, it would not be a pretty thing. And we don't have to think very hard at all to know how graphically horrible this would be. That someone would stone you to death and he ended up being the first martyr. And when he did this, he modeled what Jesus did. He said, don't lay this sin on their charge. Don't lay this sin on their charge. What he was saying is they owe me nothing. And in this point where he falls to his knee and he's still being hit by these rocks. He prayed that prayer. Father, don't put this sin on their charge. On their charge, that means what? They owe me nothing. And here's what I believe. As horrible, as painful, as violent as this whole thing was. By forgiveness. Everybody say forgiveness. By forgiveness. What did the scripture say? It says, and then he fell asleep. What happened? He died. And it was a brutal, gruesome death physically. But the author, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, put it in these words. He fell asleep. Here's what I believe. I believe that when you forgive, it takes the pain out of the event. And you might have been hurt and hurt bad, but when you forgive, guess what you do? You uproot that thing and you take the pain out of it. And we've all been hurt. And look at me, you'll be hurt again. But the most important thing you've got to do is not guard your reputation and guard this and guard this and guard this and guard this and get them back and you owe me. The most important thing you and I have to do is we have to guard our hearts. And we've got to repair the past. We've got to dive back in and repair the past. And you can't do that without the practice of forgiveness. Don't allow anger, don't allow hurt, don't allow resentment to take root in your heart and to spring up. Be proactive and forgive. Paul, and I'll close with this scripture, Paul in writing to the Ephesian Christians who were fresh out of a pagan lifestyle. Listen to this. Forgiveness was a foreign word for them. Vengeance was applauded in their culture. And here's what Paul wrote to them. He said, and be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another. The Amplified Bible adds this, forgiving one another readily and freely, even as God in Christ forgave you. Listen, the past in your heart cannot be repaired without the practice of forgiveness. And this pain plant, listen to me, this prickly, ugly, poisonous plant 
that would grow up in us. It chokes the life out of you and it hurts the people around you. And it so utterly alters your future. Folks, don't go another day. Uproot this thing. Get with God a fourth time. This is easier to talk about than it is to do. But with the grace and the help of God and you deciding, I'm guarding my heart. And to guard my heart, I've got to reclaim this soil. I've got to get this out of my life and get before God. And again, the person doesn't even have to be there. This is a gift that you give to you. Do you hear me? This is a gift that you give to you. They might still be what they are doing what they're doing, but you need to bring new life back to you and get it out of you just by saying these words with the grace of God. Get them in mind. Get the situation in mind. And and then you're closing the books on it. You owe me nothing. And I'm telling you, when you do that with God's help, it'll start to uproot that out of your heart. You reclaim the soil, and we're going to be able to grow some good things instead of this ugly, ugly pain plant that's been in your life because somebody hurt you. Above everything that you guard, listen to me, above everything you guard, you need to guard the soil of your heart because it's out of your heart. That's where life comes from. Did you get anything at all out of this this morning? Thank you, Lord.